the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu. You are all very, very welcome. I am Ahanu and with me is my lovely Angel Rose. People are demanding answers. Basically exposing the truth. For us to explore in more detail today. This is the time period of truth being exposed of all the unhealed stuff coming out. So make sure you tune in. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio and on our website at worldofempowerment.com. Don't miss an episode. Hit the subscribe button now. You are very welcome. I am Ahanu and this is my lovely Angel Rose. And we're going to talk about the God within. I don't know where this is going to go. Angel Rose has some ideas of what she wants to talk about. And I, as always, am very open and receptive because I know that everybody has a God within. I feel my own God within. So let's, let's take it away, Angel Rose. What does your God within feel like? Oh, I suspected this was going to happen. See, she's going to bounce the whole thing on me. He tells me that he doesn't know what it is. And then he tells me he's, he feels his own God within. So what is your God within? There's no doubt that life itself is a miracle. It's, it's completely miraculous how the physical body even holds together. There's no doubt that how we can even see is a miraculous thing. How even this, me speaking and you hearing my voice or I hearing yours or hearing the birds singing or feeling the temperature of this beautiful California sunshine on our skin. It, it's, that's all miraculous. That has to be divine. That has to be something magnificent created that. And I'm only just touching the surface of some of these kinds of things. You could, you could keep going on and on and on and on ad infinitum about the miraculous things that life itself is. And that's the divine within, as far as I'm concerned. But I've no doubt that Gil Rose has something else up her sleeve. No, that's a very valid point. The, the point, and I do think about that often too, about the body. All its various functions and the way it holds together and the things that it does and how it knows how to heal as soon as something yes. is off balance with it. And, uh, and it seems to do it without our conscious thought we don't really think about any of those things so you know it is pretty miraculous because there's other belief systems that basically uh poo-poo the body tell you that the body is not important that you're really uh, a spirit and all that is true as well but i think and we were talking about memory earlier also tonight we were saying how isn't it amazing how the body records memory and that memory stays stored in the body, like all your experiences and all of the things that uh, you've gone through are actually still in your cells. They're still there. And that's been found out when people go like for a deep tissue massage or they go for a rolfing session, for example. Could that be one of the reasons why we die? Because the memory of death is stored in our cells, in our cellular memory from previous lifetimes. Well, that could be, but that's another conversation. Uh-huh. I know, but I hadn't thought about that uh, to that yeah, degree. We will talk about that because mm-hmm. we're also going to revisit the Tunnel of Light, which has gotten yes. a whole lot of views and a lot of questions around that. Um, but I wanted to bring this up because 
it seems to cycle around again that when we're in the records, and even with my first two books, the message seems to be about your, or one time it was termed your organic true self. And it was coming towards us, do you remember? Well, it was a part of us that we seem to need to claim, right? right or right, organic right. true self. Right. And and then it seems to, it, the second book ended up being about the journey up the chakra system mm-hmm. and the journey of, journey of Kundalini and the journey of awakening. And I remember Neil Donald Walsh as well, you know, the man who wrote Conversations with God. I went to see him in Chicago. And the very first thing he said to us was, you are God. And he said he was being really clear that we're not part of God. We are God. I remember that distinction. Yeah. And and somehow the way he said it struck me in a really different way. And I, I got it for a brief moment what the implications of that might mean. But there's a subtle distinction between the way The Course in Miracles would say that God didn't necessarily make the body. There's, there's, well, it does say that. It's drawing a subtle distinction. But, in other words, that we have a part in it too. We're As gods, we have a part to play in the creation that we are manifesting ourselves. But the reason why God didn't make the body is because the Course is also really clear that we are mind, that our true reality is mind. And that the body is the illusion. An extension of mind. Right. Extension. Our body, that we've, we created the body is an extension of thought for particular reasons. Right. Okay. But let's just stop there for a second because when you first asked me what did I think the inner divinity was, mm-hmm. even that aspect of it alone, to consider for a second that our mind has created this body mm-hmm. and we perceive it to be real. Well, it is real because we at that level projected it with our mind. Yes, it's it's. But it's not our identity. It's not our identity. That's the distinction that our real identity is mine. Yes, but the okay. ego has planted us into this identity that says, "This is me." You know, my physical body here. This is the confines right. of me. Right. And this is the confines of you. But that's so, just what the mind has done. How, what the ego has done with the mind. But we created the ego also. I mean, you know, if you, if you go by the course, Boy. the ego is just... Um, that divinity just, inside us keeps no, it's, creating. No, it's just an image we've made of ourselves. Yes. All the ego is, okay, in the context of the way the course talks about it, is it's a mistaken identity. It's, it's us that believes that our body and our personality is all there is to us and it doesn't acknowledge the mind that the mind is the, the mind this. is wait the mind is the creative uh, aspect of us yes but when we mentioned earlier about oh we've got a visitor of a dog bouncing Bella. around us here Bella the dog yeah how does the going? dog know to be a dog uh-huh. <laughs> anyway <laughs> well my question was about memory because you were talking about the identity of who we perceive as us. So does it follow then that memory, our memories now, our specific memories, so in other words, the memories that I would perceive as being my own and the memories you would perceive as being your own, I'm not talking about like collective memory now. They're they're obviously attached to me as forming part of my identity. 
and the that, same that with every. That you think is your identity. That you think is your identity. <laughs> you think you're all these personalities that you right. live. But does it follow then but that the doesn't... memories are also false? Then. Well, no, we don't want to go into that because that implies judgment. The memories are there. They're they're there as real experiences. But that they're you created have. by a false sense of who you are. Sense of who you are. You're not your personality. Okay, you're right. Okay, your mind. Mind is the creative force. Mind is the level of of reality. Mind, mind that is creative, and you are that. Yes. Okay, you are that. Okay, so it doesn't make all these personalities that we we make up and we live, and it doesn't make any of that wrong. It's just saying, look, when you get it straight, that. You're just doing these personalities because you want to have particular experiences or you forgot that you created it all and now right. you got to remember that you created it all. Whatever it is you're doing, there's no judgment in that. Mm-hmm. Just that now you start to see that, okay, I'm making up um, this idea of myself, but what happens when you give up that idea yourself? What happens when you stop seeing yourself as a very limited uh little body, little personality. What happens? You know, I mean, when you, what I find interesting about creation is that, and let's, in this sense, let's use creation synonymous with life. Uh, Cause they're, cause creation is life. Life is creation. You know, life always survives, you know, no matter what, it always tries to thrive. Um, what I find interesting about that is that no matter if we have a mistaken identity perception of ourselves, life will still try to find a way to get you back to the truth. Okay, so in this case, we have a system inside our body called the Kundalini, mm-hmm. right? Which is the force of, of nature inside of us. Some people might say is God inside of us, literally. It's this serpentine fire. It's a spiritual fire. Call it electricity right? inside our body that runs, it really does run the system. It runs reproduction. It runs all of the organs. Um, when you take it, when you raise it up the spine at certain points, it activates higher aspects of itself until you get to the point where it rises to your brain and all of a sudden you have enlightenment, which really means you get to go beyond the bar- the perceived barriers of the physical world. Right. Okay, so even if we've created a body and we have a, we've forgotten who we actually are, that we're mind that's creating this vehicle to tool around the physical world with, and that's not to negate the body. The body's a pretty miraculous Absolutely. Uh, creation, but it is just not all of who you are. And the mistaken identity is that you think it's all of who you are right. and you think it's limited and that it has to be sick and it has to age and it has to die. But when you become enlightened, you go out your crown chakra and you realize you're not limited by the physical world. Okay, so now you're back into mind. But do you think that's the same experience that somebody experiences when they talk about the tunnel of light after death? Are they going out through the crown chakra and into some kind of a... a bigger awareness of some kind probably but that's another conversation because we are going to explore the tunnel of light as if it were um inside 
Okay, so that's another topic. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. quite extensive yeah. to go there. It is, and but, we're, we're uncovering more of that as time goes on. Right. Over the last number of weeks, there's been various experiences that we've had that are guiding us as to what more could be there. It's still early days, and we will bring it to you as we uncover it ourselves. Yeah, but, but I think the going within is really understanding what it means to be limitless mind. Yes. Limitless mind that has no boundaries, that where you know nothing is impossible, where anything can be created from it, uh, where there's this intelligent energy that you know coalesces and says yes to whatever the mind can imagine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and really, it's it, the God within is a force that if that is such a power. I mean, look at how powerful we think nature is. Look at the storms we see. Look at waves, big, huge ocean waves. Look at volcanoes. Look at now that's a force of nature. Well, look right. What, look what has even formed the 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 terraforming of the planet right now with the vast mountain ranges and depths of oceans and all of that. The sheer force that would take to do that is enormous, and even to create the planet in the first place, and then to consider all the planets that are out there and then to consider the multiverses i mean it's an, it's it's astonishing to even begin to try to wrap your mind around it right it's but huge the point i'm trying to make is we have that force of nature in our bodies and i remember we have a friend who had a spontaneous kundalini rising remember ahano mm-hmm. and the way she described it she didn't know what was happening cuz she said it sounded like a freight train was running through her house mm-hmm. that's how loud it was so I, I don't want anybody to underestimate yes. the power of our kundalini god force inside of us when it becomes active and when it rises up the spinal column and it leads to awakening and the whole world of, you know, the universe, the infinite mm-hmm. expanse of consciousness. And that's also the reason why in my first two books, Source talks about that. It talks about the fact that on the way, you're turning yourself into music. And I thought that was an interesting thing too because they, science, and I heard this a long time ago, that science had actually recorded the organs and each one of them makes its own music. And that when you play them together, they make a symphony. Wow. So imagine imagine Hmm. the incredible, dynamic, immortal life force power that's inside of you physically. And this is life's way of making sure that you get to that awareness sooner or later. I mean, you you can never have that awaken. You can still always think that you're a person in a body and that your your kundalini power will stay in the lower chakras and it will still uh, run reproduction and it will still run, you know, the systems of the body. You know, it might not ever move from that position, Mm -hmm. but it isn't the same as it's that gnawing. You know when you get that gnawing inside yes, the Hana where something's... to know more and yes. to be more. Like, yeah. what is it? What's the answer? I yeah. vaguely remember something. What is it? Yes. I just can't remember. Yeah. And there's this gnawing to push you forward. And yeah. so it yeah. could be the book that falls off the shelf or it could be yeah. a teacher that shows up or a workshop that they all are there to help you remember. Right. They right. show up because you have the desire. Right. Okay, but so... I, I don't want to go negative with this conversation now, Angel Rose, but I think it's important for us to just... To, to be aware that at the level of the physical world, there are forces that don't want that awakening to happen. They don't want us to be aware of how powerful we are. They don't want us to 
to to have that Kundalini rising. So therefore, all of what's going on would keep us keep us down, keep us at a base level, keep us in the base chakra, keep us desiring sex and keep us desiring alcohol and drugs and all of those kinds of things so that we don't ever rise to that awareness of the divinity within. But let's talk about that for a minute. If we could. <laughs> yeah, but I, I say I didn't want the conversation to go well, negative. I know. Well, let me talk about I, that for a minute. Sure, sure. Okay. Because I have to bring it back to ourselves. Because we we are the ones who have the mistaken identity. We are the ones that feel that we are prey. Okay, for these other forces. When the truth is, is that many of us don't want to be anything different. Mm-hmm. Okay, many of us just that we like being victims. Right. We like blaming other people. Mm-hmm. We like taking the power and giving it to outside authorities. Mm-hmm. We want to be uh, codependent on systems and teachers. And um, you know, when I say to somebody, when you realize that who you are is mind, and that really does mean that every single thing we experience is because of mind. Mm-hmm. So even the situation where we perceive ourselves as being um, attacked or ineffective dark force. It's only because we've decided that we don't want to wake up to our divinity yet. And there's always a payoff for that. That's the one very interesting thing when you start exploring this is that to ask yourself, and we have to do this constantly all of the time, there's no room for complacency actually just to accept that Oh, I've got it today, but if you don't, if you haven't got it tomorrow, you really have to keep asking yourself that, about that divinity. And am I being the victim here? And am I accepting some payoff for this? Because we all do all of the time. Well, it's a responsibility, it, isn't it? In a sense, it validates us. The, the negative forces validate our not smallness. wanting to be responsible. Not, exactly, they do exactly not wanting to be yes. responsible for. Yeah for what it might mean to be divine. And what I mean by that Mm. is that, you know, going beyond your physical limitations, going beyond Mm. what you perceive are limitations and boundaries, okay? And Mm. um, actually being God-like. What does that actually mean? You know, what does it mean to be God-like? Where um, you certainly wouldn't be spending your mind power blaming somebody for something or accusing somebody of something. Yes. Um, you just wouldn't be interested in that. And Divinity's not interested in that Didn't you even get a, a kind of a rebuke from spirit one time where you were afraid of flying or something, I think it was, and and it, it said to you... I asked for help. Yeah, why are you using your powerful mind in that way? It did. To create fear. It's a very interesting yeah. thing to look at, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. And I had my own reasons and, you know, mm-hmm. basically was thrown back at me and saying, look at what you're doing. Look at why are you doing it? Yes. And I'm not saying that those reasons aren't convoluted because they are. Mm-hmm. OK, but um, it's a it's a big subject matter to exchange the ego belief system. Into, and like, again, don't forget, all the ego is is mistaken identity. Um, but it's it's a. It's an easy concept to grasp in your mind, but it's not easy to do in practicality because we're so convinced that we are so uh, limited. And I think, you know, 
what source has told us is this is the time to reclaim our divinity. This is the time um, to not stay asleep, you know, wake up to who you really are because so how, it's happiness. It's how happiness. do you do that, Angel Rosa? And I know this is a question that many of our viewers and listeners will be wanting to know. How do you do that? Because in a way, it's great to talk about it. But how do you actually reclaim your divinity or actualize well, I, I your divinity? I think the first step is to be willing, okay, to to examine what you really think and believe. Right. I yeah. think that it starts there. I, I mean, the subconscious holds uh, conclusions mm -hmm. that we make as we journey through life, you know, with whatever we go through. We mm -hmm. just make mm -hmm. conclusions about reality. So I, I think the first step is to start being aware of what you're thinking and be aware of what you're projecting. And what I mean by that, mm. projecting is very different than creating. Projecting is when we blame something outside ourselves for what's happening. When we, say, when we say we have nothing to do with it, okay? Any, anything like that where you deny that you're a common denominator somewhere right. yeah. and what's going on in your life um, is a place to start. Because... I remember too. There's been times when I've gone through things, and I've, I've said to spirit, "Well, it's just there's just no way I had a hand in creating that." And, and what spirit did is just kind of like a videotape, really say, "Oh, really? Yeah, well, let me just show you, you what you were doing on Tuesday, washing the dishes, what you were thinking about." Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> okay, and it did that for six months. Where it proved to me that, oh yeah, I guess I was. You had a hand in it all. And you know too, yeah. Ahana, with with the healing work we've done recently, mm -hmm. somebody was facilitating a, um, a Rohan session for us. And that went really deep into mm. your subconscious and really deep mm. into the beliefs that are there. And it's always quite shocking mm -hmm. when you see that revealed in front of you. What? Whoa, you know, no wonder here I am X amount of years old and there I am back at three and I made this conclusion about my dad. And and now I am um, living his life, okay? Yes, yes. I mean, it's something as, as small as that that has such a huge impact. And, and this was in our discussion about memory. Yes. How the body remembers everything, okay? Mm. And all of that can be changed. But mm. you first have to really start paying attention to. You do, yeah. You know, what do I really think and believe here? And and that's just the beginning. And we'll, we'll leave it there just because just... Uh, that process itself. And, you know, I did it through journaling. I, I did it by getting a notebook and a pen and starting to ask myself, you know, well, what's this emotion I'm feeling today? And if it was anger, I said, okay, I feel anger. Well, define anger. What does anger mean to me? And then that led to a whole other bits of information. Or let's say I feel low or I wake up feeling depressed. And I start to take out my pen. All right, I'm feeling, what is this about? What? Depression, what does this mean to me today? Sometimes that can go in a loop, but it's wise it can, to but identify then you, what but the then, loop is. But then if you go into a loop, yeah. then you say, all right, I'm looping. Yeah. What's what's the belief about looping Yes. or uh, feeling, feeling stuck? Or Ask yourself what stuck means. Uh -huh. What does stuck mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think people don't... the take the time to inquire deeper, mm -hmm. deeply enough. That's what's very interesting about journaling in the sense that 
you can so easily stop at that point where say, oh, I'm stuck, uh, it, this is going nowhere, this is a waste of time. It's mm-hmm. at that very moment where the, the gems lie, actually, it the really... gold lies. You're, you're this close to a vein of gold you and are. you can just stop and say, yep. you know, I, I didn't find anything. It was just a waste of time. I was going round in circles. And if you could just dig through that last remaining mm-hmm. little um, sliver, you actually get, get your way into a vein of pure gold. Yeah, it's absolutely marvelous. It's all beliefs. It is, yeah. If the truth of us is that we're mind, yes, then that means that we are just a collection of beliefs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what happens when you start to undo those, Ahano, and you start to be aware of what they are? You can laugh at them after a while, and you can change your mind. Oh well, that's no longer. I don't want that to be true anymore. I want something else to be true. But if you don't ever know what's going on, the subconscious has a wonderful way of multiplicity. Yeah. It just multiplies your beliefs and it just makes more of them and more of them. And it yeah. just gives you reflections of those in the outer world. So collectively, going back to your, your question about collectively, we can't really say that all that's going on is happening independent of our beliefs because we want to perceive ourselves as powerless. Mm-hmm. And that is obvious when you give, when you say that we give so much power and energy to authority figures. Mm-hmm to be the determiners of our lives, of our fate, mm. without taking any responsibility for the fact that we ha- mm. we've helped create them absolutely by our small beliefs about ourselves. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it is about reclaiming our divinity that you do have yeah. you are God within and you do have the force of nature inside of you. It's just not active. And it's not a part of God. And it's it's not it is God. It is God. It is what God is made of. We have to leave it there, Angel Rose, because you may notice it, the sun has set. It's starting to get dark very, very quickly here. We're in Southern California. And when the sun goes down, man, it gets dark pretty quickly. But so it sure turned out to be a lovely night. We're you? losing the light. We're out abs- here with the horses. Absolutely beautiful. You may have heard horses and dogs and so on. And our chickens, in fact, just gone to roost there behind us too. So it's beautiful. And we hope you enjoyed our little conversation. We will be back with more about this because we're uncovering lots of layers and seams of of. We're going to go into the tunnel gold. of light in greater detail we because we realize that it's a much bigger conversation than we thought before. Yes, absolutely. So, so till um, next week. Till next time. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Angel Rose and Ahanu on World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world.